This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 438 of the Dressage Radio Show, Western Edition on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Horsewear. In this episode, we will be chatting with legendary horseman Jack Henning and WDAA inaugural bronze medalist Nancy Connolly. Jacques Below has a great training tip, and in our Around the Farm segment, Dr. Wendy Yang will talk to us about her ducks. This is Dr. Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida. And this is Tim Christensen from Mayaka City, Florida. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. So, Wendy, I'm so glad you're able to join us today and, and to fill in for Karen. So, I haven't talked in a while. How did you guys fare with the hurricane? I know. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's exciting to be on the uh, the dressage show, the the Western edition. I love your show so much. I listen to it all the time. And um, yeah, our, we fared pretty well for the hurricane. We still haven't had our sticks picked up by the county, which I'm sure you're in that same boat. So uh, yeah, trail riding to be, down uh, the road common is scary. problem. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But um, so but yeah, we didn't fared lose well. trees. Yeah, all the animals fared well. I think. Um, we here in Sarasota uh, were spared. I know it hit you guys a little bit harder over there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were I right see. on the edge of the eye. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah. How was your barn? Your barn's okay. The barns, yeah, everything was great. We just had a couple trees go down, and that was it. And they were pine trees, and they did zero damage. So we were very, very fortunate. Oh, um, very great. fortunate. So that's yeah. great. So did you guys have a good summer? You and Kyle? Oh, well, you know, today I walked outside this morning to walk my dog and I thought, oh, finally falls here because it's been so hot. (laughs) Oh, it's been a scorcher. Yes, I thought the same thing. And I bet people listening from other parts of the country don't understand. But I mean, even yesterday, my horses were completely sweaty just standing out in their pasture because it was about 90 degrees out. Yeah, and just and just for the listeners in, I watched our meteorologist said the other day that if they take that the high and the low and average them out, our average high our average right now is higher than what it was in June, July, and August down here oh in Florida. Gosh. So it's been a very warm, warm October, but they said it's coming next week. Uh, yeah. with the cool front. So well, that's good. So, so anything we can get back fun to and special? Did you, yeah, did you guys do anything fun and special this summer? Um, we did a lot of paddle boarding. Um, cool. I, my horses, uh, are retired now, so I trail ride and do a little fox hunting, but, uh, pretty much I just, they just hung around and ate and I did some trail riding and that's about it. How about you? Oh, we had, you know, a great summer and we just got back from our world show, um, which is a couple of weeks ago at the Western Dressage Association of America, their world show at, in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. So it was a great, great show, a long trip, um, but we go out early a few days and spend a few days early out there at the Lazy E Arena, which is legendary and is great. And 
Um, it was a great horse show. I think they had a good, good turnout. Um, the numbers were good. Um, the arena footing was a little deep this year. And I know that show management has been talking about it. So if anybody who's listening was out there with head concerns, um, they are well aware of it and they're addressing those issues. Um, but other than that, it was an outstanding horse show. It was very well run. Um, and exhibitors were there from all over the country. And once again, met a lot of great people. So, oh, great. um, it's a great experience. So, but, and did you ride out there? Were you showing? I did do some showing out there. Um, so tell and us how I you did. Well, we did very well. Um, you know, the group, the girls did extremely well. Um, collectively as a group, I think we got 16 world and reserve world titles. Oh, congratulations. So it, it was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. And, and great weather. We had two days of rain just before the show. And that was a little bit, um, interesting. Cause you know, we didn't have the, those Midwestern, the middle of the state or up North all day cool rains. I'm not used to them anymore. So that was oh, kind yeah. of a, an eye opener, but then it cleared up and it was beautiful for the horse show. Oh, that's so good. It was good. Yeah. And a break from all yeah. our heat down here. Yeah. That's great. And um, do you have any exciting shows coming up this fall? Well, let's see. We're getting ready to do our Sunshine Classic, which is the show that I sponsor and, and do on, on the end of the month. Um, we do the Aubrey show on Saturday, and then we do our, our dressage show on Sunday, which has got traditional and Western, um, which oh, yeah. I do with Karen. Um, so that's coming up. And then we have the, the Florida Championship show um, is in like the second weekend of November, and that's at the Grand Oaks. So. That's oh, always, the Grand Oaks. Call, I yeah, love the Grand Oaks. You know, we call it a showcase. So, um, yeah, that's uh, fun. Well, yeah. Tim, I have to tell you, the Sunshine Classic, everybody's been telling me I have to go to that show, the Albreed show, because people love that you have all the different classes, like the in-hand classes and the pleasure classes. And, yeah, and it's pretty fun. We have a mini arena. Yep. And we also just we're having the the Kentucky mountain horse association, we have approved classes for them. So we got oh, a really? wide, wide variety and tell them, you know, yes. Yep. So oh, great. It, it's a fun show. It's really grown into a nice deal. So we're pretty pleased with it. Oh, that's so, great. And actually so um, going into our, into yeah. our guest, um, each year we, we honor a horseman or horsewoman. And this year it's going to be Jack Kenning as the honored horseman that then he's our guest that we'll be going to here very shortly. So, Oh, um, that's a great person for that yeah. award. And, and talking about Jack, um, we will be turning to him shortly. And at this point, why don't we go ahead and hear from Kentucky performance products? Um, one of our sponsors, and we will get to, to Jack Henning. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky performance products. Feeding your horse starch-laden grains can lead to colic, laminitis, and metabolic disease. Today, nutritionists are recommending the use of high-quality fat to provide healthy calories. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It's readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of starchy grains. Replacing grain with a high-quality fat supplement reduces a horse's risk of developing health problems. Equijoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. And best of all, horses fueled by Equijoule stay calmer and more focused on the job at hand. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. 
And Jack, um, thank you so much for joining us today on the Western um, edition of Dressage Radio. Um, we're glad that you're here. Um, thank you for joining us. So that's um, my pleasure. So, well, thank you, um, Jack. We're tell the, the the listeners we're in Florida, and I think you live um, just southeast of the Tampa area, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, and have you spent your whole life in Florida? No, I've been here about 55 years. I was born and raised in Texas. Okay, whereabouts? In Austin, Texas. Okay, Austin, Texas. Um, were you born in, in, into horses, or have you always, did you grow up with horses as, as, a, as a young boy? Yes, I've had horses all my life. Through it. As, uh, as, as long as I can remember, there's always been horses. Okay. Um, was your family into horses? Yes. Uh, my dad roped a little bit and I had a couple of other, uh, older brothers that roped some, and then that's been my passion most of my life. And, uh, so is, is, I've been around horses all my life. Yeah. Um, and, and now you're into the Western dressage and you've, and you've got quite a legend and, and, um, we'll just say Jack is, we'll just say mid eighties. Um, that's that, a, 83 years old and to our listening audience um, Jack has been just such an inspiration because at 83 he still rides and trains um, and competes and is just a great rider with a great seat and he's just a, a testimony I think to what the equine industry can do to us as individuals so um, so Jack you started out with horses um, as a young kid and you roped and were you involved in any breeds or any different um, any particular breeds Horses, no, not, at that, not at that time. Of course, you know, at that time there was more unregistered horses than there were registered horses, and you didn't even particularly pay attention to that in, in the rodeo business. And uh, But I just got accidentally, kind of a fluky thing, got involved with the Appaloosa horses when I moved to Florida. Um, <laughs> I have a question for Jack. This Jack, okay. this is Wendy. Um do you still do the Appaloosas now? Not, I'm not riding any Appaloosa horses right now. That's just something I was involved in. And I'm, I'm really associated with Appaloosa horses more than anything else because I was involved in, you know, for about, oh, over, you know, 40, 45 years, I was involved in, and I probably rode more Appaloosa horses during that period of time than anything else. And And was associated one particular horse that was a great, great horse. Yeah, tell us about that that? guy. It was a horse called Hassan. What was it, Highside? Hassan, yes. Oh, have fun. And was it a stallion, gelding mare? It was a stallion that that uh, that I came, I moved to Florida to ride his sire, uh, particularly, and then it just involved in, in being, getting him later, you know, a number of years after that, and then had him for, like, I showed him for over 17 years. And what was this, what years was, was this approximately? Oh, 60s, gosh. 70s. It, was in the, it was in the 70s, you know, 60s okay. and 70s. Okay. Um, and what events did you do with, with him, with Have Fun? Well, on him, we did everything. Uh, he was mainly known as a, as a, 
as a rainer. I won uh, three different bronze on him in the in the Rain Horse Association, and um, but he was a an outstanding calf roping horse and a, and a working cow horse and. Just he was just one of those horses you could do any and everything he and and he was very very good at all of those things. And did he go on to be a sire? Yes, I rode a number of his. Uh, I know I rode one that won a bronze on, and I know that there was another one that that won a bronze in the um, in the NRHA. Cool. And so, so he was probably your, your pinnacle horse or, or the highlight horse of your career. Um, and you said you showed Appaloosas for many, many years there. Um, did you, um, at, at that point, were you following the, the circuits? I know you said you, you won the NRHA bronzes. Um, did he get any accolades or any accomplishments in the Appaloosa um, Association as well? Well, yes, because he won over over all those years. Because I showed him in five different events, is that um, he won like seventy national and, and reserve champion national titles in all those years. Cool. Um, and did they have their world shows then at the Appaloosas? I'm trying to think of when that would have yes, started for them. In fact, the, they started the, the world show in the Appaloosas before they did any other breeds, to tell you the truth. And it was like okay. the, the first year that I went, I rode his sire and won the world championship reigning on him. And that's had to have been like in 1964. Okay. And then you showed... Um, showed him and then um any other horses any note any other notable horses in the appaloosa world that you showed maybe in the 70s or 80s well i wrote a lot of different ones but of course the other the outstanding one is also was was a son of his that that we roped on and and um and a raining and and i won the uh limited open raining at the uh um at the world championship at the at the raining at Oklahoma City during the fraternity. So he was the other he was the other signature horse, but he was very much like his sire. Okay. So that was a big event. The um the NRHA fraternity is huge. That's quite an accomplishment. Um Yes, it wasn't in so the fraternity, you, it was it was in the limited open uh in the not, limited open, yeah. Yes, yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. But that's quite an event that's is still huge today. So you did a lot of the working, working, um, working in cattle events. Um, do you ever do the pleasures or the trails or any of the other events, or primarily just the cattle? Well, in those days when when we were doing those, you know, you take fifty years ago, there was very few people that specialized in anything. And uh-huh. if you was a horse trainer, you rode pleasure horses and tra- you showed them in the trail classes and, you know, and all those things. So I was involved in all of those for a number of years. Uh, and, and as we, as someone like you, who, who has really seen the, the rise of the horses where they got so huge to the seventies, eighties, into the nineties, um, you've kind of seen, seen it grow and then kind of change. Like you said, you talked about the specialization. Um, tell us about what, what are your thoughts on, on, on the growth of the horses and the quality of horses today versus the quality of horses 
you know, back when we started, I'm, cause I'm sure you've, you wrote them all. Um, you know, what, what's your opinion where we've evolved to today and, and the quality today versus, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, there's no different, you know, no doubt that horses <clears throat> are their bred better to do special, you know, not only riders have specialized, but, but horses are specialized and, and you get horses and with their brains that they work on certain levels that, you know, some horses want to be pleasure horses and some horses want to be rope horses and you don't, you know, but we've kind of got away from the specialization. I mean, the all around horse like we had in those days, but it was mainly because of, uh, uh, just the riders weren't got where they weren't specialized. They, they specialized, but horses, there's no doubt that we have, our all of our horses now are physically, um, and mentally and all of our events are more tuned into that than, than they were in those days. But then also in those days, look how the, the training methods of but those great horses in those days would have been, they would have been good today with the training methods and, and the, the things that we just know so much more about they, these days. Yeah. Yep, things that have definitely come a long ways. So as we look back over the careers, you know, we always look at a lot of young people that get into it. Um, do you have any outstanding memories? I mean, a particular memory at a horse show or a world show or, you know, just a, a, a something you want to share with the listeners that um, maybe things didn't go quite as you planned um, in the show arena. Um, any Anything else that you can think of that, that we might get a good chuckle out of or that we can relate to? So when everybody thinks they have to go out and show and, and be perfect that maybe you don't have to be um, in your 50 years of riding? Well, those are the things that, you know, there's no such thing as um, um, if, 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 if the best rider and the best horse won every time, we, we would only have one horse show because, that, you, yeah. you know, well, why would we have any more because it all plays the same way. So that's the great thing about that. You know, it's just like any other sports. Look at sometimes how um, some underdog wins a, a football game or a basketball game or something. So if um, I just learned over the years that no matter what, um, if you just do your do your part and your horse does your part, and there are certain times and certain days that that everything clicks and everything falls into place. And then other days there, it doesn't. So and yep. it, um, showing horses is very humbling because you certainly don't win every time. That's for sure. That is true. That is true. Yep. You can win today and be humble tomorrow. Um, so Jack, tell us as we get into in your career, um, when did you, uh, how did you get involved in Western dressage? Well, in a part that I've kind of watched the dressage on, on TV, um, cause I have, uh, a, that, that shows quite a bit of that. And, and I, you know, I just have always kind of, I've always kind of prided myself and, and, and thought about that, you know, the better, when I found out long ago, the better broke horse you got, and you can, uh, different, different, different definitions of broke, but the better, the better trained horse you have in all the basic things, you have so much more of a chance percentage wise for that horse to do 
move into whatever you want him to do. And I don't care if you want to go to the roping or the pleasure or what. If the the more that he has those very basic things done, your percentages of that horse being a really nice horse just multiply and, and just so much more by the and so that has always intrigued me as riding a really broke horse and I was for, so fortunate in my life that I came up as a kid riding broke horses that they weren't any fancy horses in those days but I can remember just as a little kid and growing up is that if I any horse that we had where I wanted to go, I went. I didn't have to pull and jerk around and whip around and all those junkies kind of things to get. And I I was fortunate enough to have that basis of, of that type of a horse and that type of thinking. And, and I guess that carried on to everything else. But I just know that I have taken some reining horses, um, and they kind of fit the, the deal of a rope horse. And it was unbelievable how quickly those horses made rope horses because they were broken and you had to stop and then you had to do those things. And so, and of course a reining horse is probably, you know, when we get down to it, maybe the most broke horse that we, that we can possibly have because of all the different things that that horse has to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've noticed and that it, when I've seen reining horses come into the Western dressage, they catch on to it really quick. Um, yeah, and, and they've, and I've seen some really good ones. Yep. Well, I remember the first, uh, world championship with fact, it was the world first world championship for other Western Assad. There was a horse there from Wyoming. A guy was showing, he was there mainly. I, he, I don't, I got to talk to him a little bit, but this Raining horse was a raining horse. His wife was there showing some. That's the only one he showed. His wife was showing some other horses, and that horse was one of the big, big raining deals in the in the NRHA, which is in Katy, Texas. That horse was going later on. He was entered in four different classes, one, two, three, four levels of the raining and. And he had him there showing him, and uh, that showed me there what a great thing for a reining horse if if more of those guys would get interested in a little bit of our, not even particularly all that competitive, but just to go to schooling shows and take those reining horses and get them to do the things that we do in, in, in the Western Massage, which is all precise. And that's what the reining is all about, that those horses, yep. it would make them better horses. So this gentleman, did, are you saying say he showed him at the first world show in the Western Dressage? Yes. It was okay, cool. Okay, yep. So he showed him in, in, his, in his levels in, in the four tests. That is cool. Um, so, so what are your plans, Jack, for the future? Well, I mean, I know the word, the, the, the word, uh, uh, retire isn't in my vocabulary, but, <laughs> uh, but by the same token, uh, you know, we have to be realistic about some of these things, but that's what I, what I've been so fortunate in is that, that I was interested in those other things and as his age took care of certain things, then I was always moved into being able to move into something else. That was kind of that, that my signature thing was a calf roping. 
and uh-huh. then I got in, involved with some, some of the reigning part of it. That was the next situation, and um, then I got into the to the team roping, and uh-huh. it just you know and and so I just was able to move into something else, and and is um, and, and that that I really liked. And there's nothing like I never get up in the mornings and hate to go to the morning. So that was that's one thing yeah. that that I've been very fortunate in my life that I've got, I've got to do something that I've had a passion for and I really enjoyed doing. And spent your whole life doing it. And and what and we were just talking with a friend about the Western dressage. So we think we're going to be doing it. So the beauty thing about the Western dressage is that there is no time schedule or the regular dressage as well that the individual rider can enjoy it and do the different levels that they're comfort with and that their horse is comfortable with and get their scores. And, and I just, I love the Western dressage and I think it's just going to fulfill a niche for like what you said yet for people who are ready to, to switch gears in and maybe go from the raining into something else or the pleasures all around horses or trail riding or even the barrel racing and just say they want to come in and just kind of go work on some precision and some good ground training programs for their horses. So as we're wrapping it up, um, to our listening audience and to the young people, you know, you kind of alluded, you know, on earlier about you know, the forces that we have riding horses and stuff like that. But in closing, what would be words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on to us in your years of, of with the horses, um, of what you've learned? Well, one thing you can't, you don't live long enough to learn all these things and nobody, you know, we just, if you don't keep learning and switching because there are different levels of training and somebody comes up with a better idea. And if you don't keep up with the times, you're not going to be successful. And that's for sure. And that's the thing that, that I've always been an observer of other people and you can't learn this stuff by yourself. There is, no, you can't possible. One thing you're going to ruin too many nice horses while you're trying to learn all these things. And, and yep. it's just a thing that you just have to, you just have to have that passion for that horse. And, and it takes a lot of patience for yourself and your horses also. I think I would, that, that is, that's probably a really good words of wisdom right there is, is the patience in a hurry up world. Um, we're dealing with a living animal that's want to teach us patience, but, you know, I think, Jack, that in closing here, I want to just thank you because I think that's brilliant. Um, at 83 years of age, we never stop learning. Um, and, Jack, is there is there a Facebook? Do you have a Facebook page, a website um, where people can follow you or, or find more information out about you? You know, somebody, some of my friends or something, I think I'm on there somewhere, but now, I'm not into those kind of things, and <laughs> I have the simplest phone that I can. Then I don't know how to text. I get some messages every once in a while, but I don't know. I just um, those things. I I got too many other things that I want to do other than that. Yeah. Um, well, um, for those in the listening audience, if you're if you're here in the Sarasota area, um, Jack Henning is going to be for the Sunshine Classic, a show that I put on um, on October 28th and 29th. Each year we have an honored horseman, a horsewoman or horsewoman, and this year our honoree is Jack. And if you're in the area, please stop in and um, say hi to Jack and sit and have a visit with him. Um, 
So what we will do is we will figure out um, on the podcast here, Jack, we'll get your information. So if people want to give you a call or if there's an old friend maybe who's heard, listened, Mm. and they want to touch base with you, we will try to make sure that we will get the information there where people can get in touch with you. Okay, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks, and happy trails. In the world of horse racing and elite equestrian sports, it's all about how to prepare and repair. Ice Vibe is a truly portable and highly efficient circulation therapy system for your horse. Before activity, prepare to prevent damage by using the Ice Vibe's vibration pads. Repair after the event by using the unique combination of cold packs and vibration to minimize swelling and encourage blood flow. And because it's battery powered, Ice Vibe is truly portable. The essential and affordable tool to prepare and repair. Ice Vibe. You can find out more details about Ice Vibe at ice-vibe.com or horseware.com. Or ask your local tax shop or online supplier for more information about Ice Vibe Circulation Therapy from Horseware. Well, hello, Nancy. I'm, I'm glad that you joined us, and how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking me. So, so um, a little bit, tell us a little bit, let's get into just sort of um, the listeners can get to know you a little bit and find out a little bit about your past because, you know, like us or like myself, I'm with the Western Dressage. It's relatively new and, and relatively new for you. Um, did you have horses? Uh, did you grow up with horses as a teenager, child? I ha- I've had horses all my life. I don't know when I didn't have them. Okay. But I didn't. Did your family, were you in a family of horses? Yes, but not okay, a yeah. show family, just a farm family with horses and kids and you ignorant bliss is what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just how most of us grew up back then. Right. Um, and it's and it was fun. <laughs> yep, yep. Um trails and picnics in the home riding yard. So did yeah. you get into um did you have formal riding lessons, um fly by the seat of your pants, ride bareback, fall off, get back on? Yeehaw and away we go, or or how did it all work? I didn't have any formal lessons until I was in my early 20s. And I I rode and studied, and my mother always loved going to yard sales. They had them back then, rummage sales. And I would buy all the horse and rider books and whatever, you know, people sell those magazines, (laughs) read and study. And that's how I studied to learn to ride my backyard horses. But then, you know, as I got, you know, when I got older and I was able to think about formal dressage lessons, cause I always liked Western, but the dressage I felt like would help my Western. So I traded uh-huh. a horse for years worth of riding lessons. So I took the formal lessons during that time. And, and you're always, you know, when you love horses, you're always studying and learning and going to clinics and whatever you can to pick up something. And uh, uh-huh. I did the, you know, the trail, the western, you know, the quarter horse scene for a little while. Then I had my own kid, you know, kids that would come for riding lessons, and we did the combined training and stuff. But the western I always really liked the best. So when they introduced the western dressage, well, I thought, well, they did that for me. So, <laughs> and I hear a lot of people say that. I'm not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, no, so, you are. A lot of people do. Um, so yeah. how, where'd you, where, how did you hear about the Western Dressage? Um, and, and you're in Northern Georgia. Is that where you grew up? 
Uh, where, yes. where'd, you, where'd you grow up at? Okay. Well, I lived in Conyers, Georgia for till I was about 15. And then we moved to Villarica, okay. Georgia. So Georgia's always been my home. I've not lived anywhere else. And now I live cool. in Calhoun, Georgia. Okay. So it's North Georgia. Which is Northern Georgia. Okay, cool. Yes. So you did the, 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 the official um, year's worth of, uh, of riding instructions. Was that with a, a dressage trainer, local, national? Um, local. A local girl. Okay, but so she was really pretty good. And now that I look good. back, you know, now I look back that I'm more educated. She was really, really good. You know, I didn't yeah. know how good she was at time because, you know, I didn't have anything to judge it by. But um, yeah. I just knew I wanted to. Do and then that. how did you find out about Western Dressage? How did you get into that? Um, well, I guess I'm just always on the Internet stuff. And I guess I found out they announced, you know, people got to talking about on the Internet, oh, they're doing Western Dressage and this, that, and other. And then um, some of the ladies in Georgia, a couple of ladies, Started to have an affiliate, and um, that's been a few years back. So Georgia's been an affiliate, okay. I guess, for about four or five years now. So uh-huh. I got involved with them a little bit. Um, and then when did you really, start competitions? Um, my first competition was at a little show in Murphy, North Carolina. They had a Western dressage added to their show, and I took Calico, my horse truly unsurpassed there, for her first Western. Okay dressage to practice for the first world show so really the world show was my official first western dressage show in okay. 2015 okay and uh, and then we've been stepping up from there so we we started there started getting our accumulating our points and um then we went up and now we're in second level and next right. this next so, year we're going to go up to third level cool so, um, Truly Unsurpassed is the mare that you started out with. Um, tell us a little bit about her um, so the listeners um, know because Truly Unsurpassed was the Western Dressage Association of America's very first bronze level earner. Um, so, Correct. Uh, yeah. So, how, tell us about her. Where did she come into your life and how did you get her? And tell us a little bit about her background and her training and just take us on a, a short version of your venture. Okay. So, Calico was my veterinarian's um, horse. She raised she raised halter horses, and she'd show them as yearlings and winglings. You know, winglings and yearlings at halter uh-huh. at the paint world show. And um, I'd heard she had one for sale, and I just went to see what she had, and I just thought she was beautiful. So I bought her as a three year old. She was a green, you know, just broke to walk and trot, and I took her for. I, I didn't do a whole, I mean, I did training on her, but I gave lessons on her until about 2014. I decided, hey, I'm going to start doing Western dressage strictly with her. Yes. So yep. that's when she started the program of just really working on it. But I already put dressage in her training. But when the Western dressage came out, it's like, we're going to do this this time. We're not going to say, oh, How old is she now? Could. She's 11. So she's still she's young. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If you got years left with her. Um, yeah, and the the one thing about the Western dressage is, is that you know everybody keeps their horses now. They don't sell them. You know, used when I was growing up and when I'm going around, you know, everything's for sale. But everything's not for sale anymore. People's keeping their horses. And to me, this yeah. Western dressage gives them a goal. It gives me a goal. 
because it ain't fun. You can't just go out there and ride and stuff. But if you've got a goal set, that gives you a reason to think, okay, I'll ride my horse today and I can do this and I can work on that. I can do this. And you have a goal. You set that goal and you can make another goal. And it goes on. Yep. It can go on for years. So yep. actually I've gotten truly unsurpasses bronze. I've gotten pretty fast, but I've been in the position to where I can show and do that and focused on yep. it. And she's already earned her silver. So to get those, you move up the levels. So for, to get the, for her to got the bronze, we would have had to had five tests in level two. And then to move up to the gold, you have to have five tests in level three. So we have to at least show okay. level three, five tests with, you know, 400 points or 500 points, or 500 points, I think. So, so I show pretty much by myself at my level in my state and surrounding areas. So I'm almost in competition with myself. So that's a goal I set so I can keep showing without thinking, oh, I'm going to a show nobody's there. But, yes, I'm there, and everybody else in the country is there because they're competing. Everybody in the yeah. country is competing also for that, for the silver, the bronze, and all that, and, and trying to earn it. So it makes yeah, it And fun. we've talked about that before on, on past mm-hmm. radio stations, just to, to reiterate to the listeners is that, um, how our point system works, whether it's USDF or WDAA, um, is your score, you get a score, and then that score is converted to points. So right. there could be just one, like Nancy said in her class, or there could be 50, um, but your score is still going to convert to points. You're, so that's no matter one if of the you're the only one, if, right, if you're the oh. only one at that show, your score counts towards you and your oh. horse and your progression. It doesn't matter. And, um, right. A lot of, uh, what I've noticed, a lot of people, they want to know how to do this. Oh, how do you do that? Well, you get in there, you read your rule book, and you study it. I mean, it's no big deal. Everything's right there on the Internet. Everybody's on the Internet yeah. now. They just don't want to take the time to train, teach yourself what they need to do. And I wish I could tell everyone how to do it and make it easy for them, but it's right there in front of them. It tells you. What you yep. need to do. Get and there's a lot of clinics so, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, so, the, get your uh, horse a number, you know, and go from there. But it gives yeah, you a goal. It's, um, it's, it's, um, and I thought the awards, let's give a little plug here to WDAA for their, for their awards. Cause I know it's a new association and, and you, you, you submit your scores and there's a fee for it. So we do pay right. um, to have our scores tabulated. Um, yes. and that's what happens when you have a young association, but I thought the awards were tremendous. Um, the awards, what did the you awards think? Were, I thought the awards were really nice. They tried to include everybody they can include and gave nice, nice awards yep. to a lot of horses and, and teens. Yep. And, um, and if I'm not correct, I think the, the first level is the register of merit and that earns you a plaque. Um, every level you get a plaque, and um, I think yeah. the second level is the Word of Excellence. You get a you get a beautiful halter that goes with that. And, and, and then uh, the, uh, I think they gave a cooler too, didn't they, with the excellence? Yep, that was the level of yeah. achievement or the yeah level of achievement. The third level. Yes, level yeah. of achievement, and then it's the bronze and silver and gold. Yeah, and then so the, the I next thought that level. Was great. Yeah, it was real nice. They do a good job. 
Um, you do have to spend that money to get your points turned in, but you've got somebody on the other end of that money and those points that's doing a job that a volunteer is not yeah. going to do. So you're going to have to pay somebody to do that job yeah. for everybody to have fun. You can't, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's a lifetime tracking for the horse. Too, right. So. Yes. Um, if I, if so, I were to sell my horse, her number goes with her and her points go with her. Yeah. Cool. So, um, who else in your family rides? Let's kind of get a little update there. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So, in 2015, when I went to the World Show, 15, uh-huh. when I went in 15, Randy and I hadn't been married long. We're newlyweds, kind of older newlyweds. Um, okay. Uh, so I said, I'm going to teach you how to call my test call. Your voice is so good. Cause I don't know. How to... So I'd sit him down and he practiced calling my test and, you know, got the rhythm. And so he calls tests really well now. And, um, uh-huh. but at that show, people tried to talk me out of letting him call. I said, no, I said, we're in this together. He's going to call my test. And if I mess up, it ain't going to be his fault. So anyways, yep. on our way, on our way home from the world show, he said, you know, I want you to find me a horse, and I'm going to do that. And I said, okay. So cool. we found him a horse that was local, and it text, Texas barcode. He rode him a little bit, but he was a little bit high strung, but he learned how to ride on that horse. He never rode in his life until we bought wow. the horse. Oh, my and in God. Febu- That's yeah, in, in February of, not this February, but the last February, um, so he's not even been riding two years yet. Yeah. And he's already shown, gotten points on Texas barcode, but Texas is a little high strong for him at the show. So we finally, we, we sold Tex. We hate it. We love that horse, but he was too much for Randy to, you know, he needs something to take care of him a little better and something he could learn how to ride better on. So we sold him to a trail family because that horse liked trail. So Randy's got a new okay. horse and he'll be showing it for the first time Saturday at Nanette's. Show your horse okay. LLC show and try state in Tennessee. Cool. And that's, so, I believe that's going to be like your first USCF rated show up there, isn't it? Yes. That in that area? Good. There. Yes. And um, cool. she's had a hard time getting people to come because it's so new. But I just wish yeah. the word would get out so, you know, she could continue to do this for us. Um, uh, I talked to her the other day. I think she said it's going to be, be okay. Well, good. You're going to have to kind of give, give a little update yeah. on how Randy so, does. Yeah, so he's taking his horse. He's qu- a lot quieter, so we're taking to see if he's going to stay quiet at the horse show. I believe he will. So we're excited about that. So I'll, I'll let and you, know you, you t- said earlier that, that that you were helping kids and stuff like that. Do you give lessons? Do you? I mean, what do you do for? The, I mean, well, can I, people I come give, give a, lessons, or what do you do? I give a few lessons to people that okay. really want to learn. And I like to keep uh-huh. it to the Western dressage. Now I used to do all these other things, but if you want mm-hmm. to do the Western dressage, I give people Western dressage lessons if they want it and they're serious. But if if they're not, I just me and Randy just having us a good time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're good. just kind of so, having our time. Yeah. But um, well, that's awesome. And so, um, I believe in recapping. Um, you have you and Randy have. Children, um, did I hear, think, was one at Yellowstone this summer? A ranger? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's yep. back here now. He's back in Georgia now. Okay. So, but um, so cool. I have two boys, and Randy has five kids, but they're all grown. So it's just him and I get to be selfish with each other. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. So, 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 um, get, so what are your know, future plans? Just, uh, with the WDA? Yeah, just in general, but, writing. You know, it sounds like Randy's going to start showing, and you know, well, you're working with Trulian. Okay, so Calico. Okay, so Trulian Surpassed has earned her silver now. Because she oh, cool. she had already previously earned her bronze before we got to the world show, so she was already accumulating points toward her silver. So cool. we're we're now we're accumulating points for our uh, gold, but I'll gold. have to go up. Good. I'll have to go to level three. I haven't shown level three yet, so that's going to be a challenge for me next year. And Good. also, uh, I last I looked, she was in second place for the USEF Horse of the Year. I don't know if she. I don't know if we'll make that or not because we don't go to enough shows. But I'm excited about that because sometimes they'll send you a little paper and they'll tell you that's happening and you didn't even know it. So that makes it fun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of exciting. Um, but our goal is to try to reach our goal before we before next year's world show. Good. Um, I was just going to say if um, do you have a website or people wanted to reach you, listeners wanted to reach you. Um, how would they go about doing that? Oh, if they wanted to reach me and ask me any questions or what they need to do for Western Dressage uh-huh. or if they wanted to get involved, uh, they can find me on Facebook. Okay. And I'll I'll give you an email if they'd like to email me. You um, go yeah, go ahead and give us an email. It it's balanced ride at bellsouth.net. And well, I'll be good. glad to answer any questions or help anybody that needs to know anything or how to get their horse, you know, his number for his WDA number, lifetime number, how to get yeah. started and getting the points. Folks, you can e- send Nancy an email or track her down on Facebook at Nancy Conley in um, Northern Georgia. Yeah. So. Yeah, just um, I'll be glad to help anybody that uh, needs anything answered or any questions about a rule. But uh, the main thing. Read the rules. They're right there. They're easy to read, you know. And then if you got any questions, then get them answered. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Hi, thanks for having me back on. So this month, I wanted to focus on a rider-specific exercise rather than uh, the previous months we've been really working on getting our horses moving better. So I wanted to suggest that riders work uh, over the next month on exercise number 43 from my book, 101 Western Dressage Exercises. And this is what I call the 4 by 4 by 4 And it's not common, I would say, for Western riders to do a two-point position, which this exercise calls for. But I always tell students, just bear with it, even though it might feel a little funny in the beginning, because it is incredibly valuable for rooting out rider asymmetries and also just showing us where we may be getting a little misaligned, a little loose, a little too sloppy in our bodies. So what you want to do is begin in a working jog sitting and just get yourself organized, find your contact, get a good rhythm established. 
And then you're going to go immediately into four strides of posting jog. Um, and I'm counting each stride is each time you come up out of the saddle is a count of one. So four strides posting and then immediately hold yourself up into a two point or a half seat position. So your butt is hovering above the saddle and your heel is under your hip and you're in that half seat position for four strides. Then you go immediately back sitting the jog for four strides posting four strides and two point for four strides. And you want to do that ideally without uh, interfering with the horse's rhythm. He should stay just like a metronome. You want to be able to make those transitions smoothly so that the horse isn't lurching his neck up or down to catch his balance. And you want to hold a nice steady line and not um, wavering around with the horse underneath you. Um, this exercise, as I said, it really helps riders identify where they have some crookedness in their body, uh, which leg of theirs might be stronger than the other, um, and it just really helps find balance. I like to do it real quick, five minutes in the beginning of a session. Sometimes it's just a great way to get started. Um, so experiment with this, have fun, and let's all focus on ourselves for this next month so we can be better for the horse. And thanks to Total Saddle Fit for bringing us our tip again this week. You know, the shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the latigos two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to become perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have Shoulder interference without angled latigos, it simply moves the latigos back to keep the saddle away from the shoulder's range of motion. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback of the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. Go to totalsaddlefit.com to find out more. Well, and Wendy, as we talked earlier this week, um, you are going to be our guest on our little segment here called Around the Farm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Good. This is our this is our little short fun blurb, just Around the Farm with Wendy Yang and her and her partner Kyle. Um, tell us about your farm, Wendy. Well, I live in, um, it's like a farm at because we only have five acres, but I live in a neighborhood that's very horsey and we have miles and miles of trails and live next to a state park. So actually it's, it's such a nice change because I used to have, um, some larger farms, like, you know, how all horse people, they want a bigger and bigger farm, but then you realize yeah. like there's a lot of work and I did much <laughs> less riding the bigger, the farm I had. Um, yeah. so it's really nice having just a little five acre place. Uh, and I just have five acres to take care of, but I have all access to all this riding. And, and if uh, I need a riding and- arena, I just go to Karen's house. You go to Karen's, you're right around the corner. Now you actually do a lot of driving. So do you drive, do you drive in the neighborhood around the neighborhood? Yeah. yeah. I, um, my neighborhood has about 17 miles of roads and they're paved Good. roads with, um, lots of grass on the side. And it's, um, it's 
you know, it's, it's great driving here. It's, it's a dead end, uh, subdivision. So there's not a lot of traffic through here and all the people Good. always slow down for us. So it's yeah. fun to drive here. Um, and how many horses do you have? Well, I have four horses now. I have, um, two of my, uh, Welsh Arab crosses that were in my foreign hand and they're, um, okay. 18. Well, they're coming 18 and they're pretty much retired, but I still ride them. You know, I trail ride them. And then I, I bought, this is like a total horsey thing to do. I found their, um, their nephew, online that a friend of mine had bred and um it had changed hands he was just a baby he was like a two-year-old and i saw his ad online and i bought this other and one you found him online Good. i didn't even look at him and so that's my young guy who's nine now and then i actually have a mare that i bred she's an irish draft sport horse um her, her uh owners decided it was time for her to retire from being a broodmare and they sent her back home to us. So I trail ride her too. Oh, cool. So as with all farms, um, do you have other animals? I do. I what have, else do you this, have? Uh, problem now. I keep collecting chickens and ducks and geese. And I have this little, uh, I tried to incubate some duck eggs and unfortunately only one hatched, but uh, on a good note about that, this one little duck is like a super spoiled duck that I just like carried around everywhere when she was a baby. And her name's Chrissy and Chrissy, Chrissy the duck, Chrissy, the duck. And Chrissy has a yep. big following on, uh, Facebook and she's super cute. That so you know, I was thinking about this. I thought we've really got to get Wendy in here because how many people really have a duck named Chrissy, the pet duck. Um, She's so, very, and so you have the, the ducks and the chickens and the horses, dogs, anything else? I have one Jack Russell who I have to keep on a leash because she's okay. a chicken killer. So if she gets yeah. out, that's it. I'll be down to and just the dog. She's a chicken guy. And Wendy is also a veterinarian um, and you do some holistic things and your partner Kyle is um, a chiropractor. Tell yeah. us real quickly in a couple of sentences about your practice, what you guys do, um, and how long you've been together. Well, we've been together, oh, I don't know, like years and years. And uh, we have a practice that is a mobile practice. We do horses and dogs and cats and uh, sometimes pot pigs. But our practice focuses on acupuncture and um, chiropractic adjustments, uh, wellness care. And, um, of course my first love is the sport horses, but we also do a lot of dogs, a lot of agility dogs. Um, and yeah. right cool. here in Sarasota. Good. And a couple of wrap up questions. And what is your favorite beverage as you go around the farm? What, oh, what, my what favorite people beverage. find you in your hand? <laughs> well, your favorite I, beverage. My favorite beverage I think has to be red wine, but, um, red wine. I, think I'm trying something a little different for Halloween. I'm going to learn how to make Bloody Marys. Oh, cool. Okay. Hey, and, and what animal would you never have on your farm? What animal um, would you never have on your farm? I would never have cats. Because You'd I never hate, have cats. I used to have cats. At one point I had like 10 cats. But okay. Um, I can't stand the smell of cat pee on my stuff. 
I just as I've gotten older, I've just said I can't do it. No cats. Plus, yep. the cats would so eat no my more chickens. Cats. Yeah, that's true. So, and then closing a wrap-up question here it is: If Kyle was a farm animal, what would he be? Oh my gosh, that's hard to say. <laughs> you know, if Kyle was a farm animal, okay, minus the peeing on everything, he would be a cat. <laughs> okay, he'd be he's a cat. Very, yeah, he's very like he's very quiet, and he's very, um, you know just so and he's athletic and he's fun and you know yep. he'd be a cat but he wouldn't be peeing yep, like there you go so if people listeners could you also do the driving show with the horse radio network correct yes um, that's right yep. if listeners how could how could our listeners connect uh, we have uh, our business site is on Facebook and it's five elements for animals uh, you can also find me on Facebook with my name, Wendy Ying. There's not many of us. I think there's one uh, singer in China <laughs> that's Wendy Ying. And also you can yeah. look at our site, which is um, dr, the letters drwendyying.com. Okay, sounds good. Wendy, thank you so much for, for having our segment with Around the Farm. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for giving me the chance to talk about my Chrissy. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up, Tim. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Just search for Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is www.trainingforlife.com. And that is training and for is F-O-U-R. Thanks, sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Ice Vibe by Horsewear, and Total Saddle Fit. And don't forget to check out the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And remember, folks, enjoy your ride, and it's all about the journey. Thank you. Thank you.